Welcome back to Anyone Can Play Guitar, podcast where we try to learn every Radiohead song on guitar in order. My name is Austin Diaz. And I'm Nick Kendallsberger. So, Nick, we've made it to the last episode of In Rainbows. That's right. The B-Sides. So we're going to have our In Rainbows Award ceremony where we have the Creep Award for the best song, the... Uh, Blowout Award for our favorite. Then the I Can't Award for I Can't Believe How Good This Song Is. And then we're also going to pick our favorite B-Side. So we'll right. have to see how this goes. Lots of ground to cover this episode. I mean, because yeah. it is like a whole nother disc. Well, yeah, it's like a whole other album that we got to get to. So we shouldn't waste any more time, should we? Let's uh, let's actually start with the first song on disc two, which we won't have a whole lot to say about, but is MK1. This is like just an instrumental little link track, essentially. Which I guess is what links us. I mean, I guess if you listen to it, you know, if you go straight from videotape to this, then it actually does work as a link because there's themes or mel- melodic melodies that kind of play over. Yeah, I, I think it does use a lot of sounds left over from videotape. So as we were saying in the videotape, at one point they just took a whole bunch of things off of it. And I think this is some of the the leftover stuff that right. they turned into, you know, a perfectly harmless little thing. But it is pretty fun when you're finished the first disc of In Rainbows, the actual album, and then this comes on. It does f- kind of feel like it's taking you away. Okay. Otherwise, they don't have... I mean, yeah, there's the MK1 <laughs> and MK2, and they're fine. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then let's move on. <laughs> To the first real song, which is Down is the New Up. almost as though I was hearing these songs for the first time, all of these songs. Like, even as I work through them, I have to, like, listen to the song again before I'm like, oh, yeah, it's this one. Right? There's something about the songs where, like, they kind of go in my head and then they kind of go back out. (laughs) They don't get stuck in your head. They just sort of pass through and then they keep going. Right. This one, I mean... Okay, tell me what you think about this one. I have almost an irrational hatred of this song. <laughs> yeah. I this is one of my least favorite Radiohead songs. I know it's not that bad of a song. I know like at the fundamental level it's not that bad, but especially coming after in Rainbows, you're like oh, you know, this is so amazing. Like they got rid of the like hail to the thief stuff that we weren't so into. And then it's like, bam, down is the new up happens. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, it's just, they put it all on the B side disc. Right. I mean, I mean, it's just another one of those where it's one of those songs that they've seemed to have around forever. Like if you look yeah. at the citizen insane, like it's been around since the okay computer era. Okay, is it okay, computer or kid A? I couldn't remember. It, there's like um, some lyrics that pop up in the scrapbook or whatever from the okay, computer era. Yeah. So there's been like seeds of this song for a long time. The lyrically, it's, it's Tom sort of still stuck in his like Orwellian government malaise. Yeah, malaise is a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, no, it um it's it is weird though that there are some songs that they hold on to and then they get better, like nude. And then this one is you can tell they threw everything at it that they could. Yeah. They were really trying with this song. And I mean it just I just hate every second of, well, I don't hate every second. There's a there's a part where he speaks like in falsetto towards the end. Yeah. Where it's kind of cool. You can see so many of the tricks they're pedaling again here that in a really obvious way during the chorus that's annoying. I don't know why it's it's not annoying. It's just 
we had talked about how Jigsaw falling into place. They used all these ideas that didn't quite work in other songs. Then they found a way to use it in such a remarkable way. But this is the flip side to that. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, I like the From the Basement version better. I don't like the song. Okay. But I like From the Basement version better when it's just Tom on the piano. Oh. In general, all of these songs are better live. All uh, the B sides are. All the B sides are better on the on the like the two thousand seven or whenever they did that from the basement and they did the sessions. Two thousand eight, maybe. And then there was there's like a whole twenty minute session where it's just Tom on the piano by himself, and this one and another song are in that twenty minute solo session. Yeah. And that's it's better than the album version, but it's still like oh. you can just tell he likes some of the piano riffs that he does, like that uh, the E minor to the B with the E bass note on the piano. Mm-hmm. He just kind of like it just seems like he likes that, and he wanted to continue to try and make that into a song. That part is okay. Like the I don't, did you learn it on the piano? I I, I actually just did, and it made me even more irrationally upset <laughs> okay i mean I, I kind of like approximated it on the guitar and it was okay yeah i don't know it just seems like they were like holding on to this scrap because it does all these kind of weird things that they love yeah but they just tried to throw so many in it's like the polyethylene part two of in rainbows Ooh, wow where... <laughs> oh though i will say that polyethylene part two is better i will admit that yeah, I mean, the chorus of this song is just not good. The verse is okay. I kind of like the rundown, like the E minor with the G to the A5 and the B. That's kind of, on the guitar, it was fun to figure out how that worked together and stuff during the verse. But man, the yeah. chorus, the chorus where like the last part where he pedals from A to A minor, it just doesn't work. I don't know. I don't know if maybe it's because I'm tired of how he has like this songwriting tick of just pedaling. And I have that line that he has in that Alex Ross article from ages ago, where he says yeah. that's his only trick is pedaling. And I'm kind of like, well, if you realize that, maybe you don't do it. When he does it well, it is so beautiful. But on this song, it just feels irritating. And I don't know exactly why. You know, this is one of the reasons why I don't know this collection of B-sides that well. The album would start with that little instrumental track, and then this thing would start, and then I'm like, well, I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) And then turn it off. So I I felt like I didn't know these songs at all, and I I blame Down is the New Up, actually, because I was so turned off by it that I would just never keep going. It is such a weird song to start anything with. I mean, because it is basically a start, right? MK1 is a... a linking track and then you just have this and it's so why i mean <laughs> well it's just in, in, in rainbow's so beautiful and you, it ends and then like you know that link track happens and then it's like you're dropped right back into reality into like gross you know really depressing reality of the mm-hmm. times and i just don't i don't want to be there <laughs> no <laughs> i want to be back in in rainbows but maybe like, it's okay but maybe that's the point yeah no it's definitely the point Okay, okay, let's go. All right. let's, we can, let's we get can out of keep here. Going. No, no. All right. So the next song is Go Slowly. didn't like this song at first and then the more i worked with it the more i realized i mean this song is beautiful hmm. yeah i find this a beautiful song i mean these chords are great it comes it doesn't overstay its welcome it's a really short song even though it's slow it is very slow <laughs> i like when i play it by myself i speed it up a bit of course okay and there's lots of covers on youtube where they also speed it up and it's just a guitar by itself and it sounds really it's a good singer-songwriter song. They said that they were inspired by Can and that Thief song, which I listened to. 
which I didn't totally get the connection. To me, it's kind of like it's almost a Sigurros song. Well, it does have some Sigurros kind of things to it. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. That's really cool. Sort of just playing within the B minor chord, which is also one of my favorite chords. How That's it sounds. True. B minor is You've just established a, that a long time ago. Yeah. 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 I mean, like the chorus is basically just like messing with different B minor variations. And I like that. And then like that, uh, the G major seven and the F sharp, the, that da 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 It's just cool. I don't know why I would say in spite of myself. There's just something about like, it's so slow. First time through, I was like, oh, I don't like this. And yeah. then when I played it myself and learned it on the guitar, then I was like, oh, okay. Um, I'm sort of in the same spot. Because at first I was just like, my God, Tom. <laughs> just <laughs> It's that thing of like, please hurry up. <laughs> please." Like, <laughs> well, I mean, the song is called Go Slowly. It is. And he goes so slowly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh my God. Um, but I really, I really do love when the guitar comes in. The sound is amazing. Yeah. Because it's sort of an acoustic guitar, but it does, it's very metallic sounding yeah. in how it is captured. I do end up liking the song. I wish it were faster. Again, like the, from the basement recordings in 2007 or 2008, it's much it's not much, but it's faster. And then you also have oh, like Johnny, okay. like just going, not rocking out, but really sort of having fun on the Rhodes piano. If it just weren't following down as the new up, if I would have thought differently about it. I don't love it, I will say. Like it's not one of my favorite B-sides, but I can sort of appreciate it now. I like that there's one verse, there's one chorus, and they get out and they don't swell. Yeah, it's a very slow song, but it's not like a long song. When we're going to rank B-sides, you know, it's not, we're not in Hail to the Thief level B-sides where it's just like, Jesus Christ, like, <laughs> please stop. Please stop. <laughs> we're more in the, like, uh, some of the OK Computer era where so it's just not working, but like you can kind of, you can admire the craft that went into it, I guess. Right. I think we were struggling in the same way that we struggled with the OK Computer B-Sides, where it's just sort of leftover ideas, and the actual album is such a complete thing, which I didn't feel that way with the Amnesiac B-Sides. But they were wild. They were so weird. Yeah. The, the Amnesiac Kid A era, like, those were things that, like, I'm glad they were not on the album, but they were chasing down just weirdness. And it was wonderful. Right. Um, they weren't as solid as the Ben's era B-sides, which I think we both still agree is the best B-side era. Yeah. And that was an example of like, those were just different avenues that they could have gone down and then decided not to. Right. Or they went down later. Yeah. Whereas these are just, it's a pale by comparison sort of problem. Yes, absolutely. The Hail to the Thief B-sides weren't necessarily paling by comparison. It was just like, please, can we stop this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, then. Okay, well, then let's keep going. Well, actually, so it goes to the next instrumental track, which is MK2, which apparently was an early version of an intro to Four Minute Warning. Ah, but then okay. they got rid of it and had a new instrumental introduction to Four Minute Warning. So it's this, I think, is not as good as the first instrumental but it, it's harmless it's pretty short yeah um so next one is last flowers Okay, so that was a big sigh. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm supposed to like this song, and once again, I really don't like this song at all. I mean, it sounds pretty, but it the melody is so sour. It keeps changing all the time. I don't know. Do you have any opinion about this song? <laughs> I uh again, I didn't like it first time, and especially when I learned on the guitar, I like it a lot more. 
Okay. I like the repeating part of the verse where it's like, because I can't face the evening straight. I can't face the evening straight. I mean, like, I, I don't know. For some reason, I really love that line and the melody of it. And I don't want to like the relief part in the chorus, mainly because I feel like I've heard it. I don't know where, but it's just like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel original. It feels just like, it feels like a song that another band could have written. It's, it sounds like a song that like Coldplay or Travis or Muse could have written when they yeah. were in their like really aping of Radiohead phase. And, but, and this is like a song that Radiohead wrote. There's like all these aspects of it that make me not want to like it. It's an older type of Radiohead song. It feels very OK Computer. Which is, it is, it's also an OK Computer era. It's like held over if I read oh, that right. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Apparently like... This was one of Colin's, or is it this one? I think this is one of Colin's favorites. I mean, it's, once again, it's so slow. It's just like drags, man. <laughs> yeah. Man, these are two just slow songs right in a row. Well, it's a lot of slow songs. Let's just get that out. Of, I mean, like, this is just established. There's just like this, it's like slow, which is odd for their B-sides, because lots of the time their B-sides were the more upbeat tracks. Yeah, they're like crazier, wild things yeah. that not the more subdued stuff. Um, I, I I am having just issue with like when it's piano, like Tom, any mm-hmm. pedals on piano. Is that the difference? Because when he does it on guitar, I love it so much. And I don't know. I mean, I haven't played piano in ages, but I remember enough that the way that he pedals on the piano is just much easier on the piano. You just got to move like one finger. Right. Like if you look at it visually, it's really easy to pedal as opposed to like when you pedal on the guitar, sometimes you really need to mean it. I mean, sometimes it's just about putting one finger down also on the guitar, but like sometimes it's also completely moving your whole hand. Right. (laughs) Right. Like there's much more intention to it where. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously very talented at the piano and can still write great songs, you know, pyramid song being one of his very best songs. Right. But I find when I get lost with Radiohead, sometimes it's these slower piano songs mm-hmm. that kind of don't go anywhere. I'm trying to, th- what was the song they released before this album? I want none of this. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Where? Yeah. So before in rainbows was released, he released, I want none of this. And that's one of those slow piano songs that that's not my favorite kind of Tom York. This song is almost like a update of you never wash up after yourself. Lyrically, it's a bit the same. Appliances have gone berserk. Right. And he has to drink before the night comes. It's something it's a, it's like that a bit until the end. And then I have a, it's like a really crazy thought that I'm about to have, but it sounds like a seal song. Did you ever listen to seal? Wow. Okay. That was not, I mean, I knew, I knew, I knew. I, knew I, <laughs> I, I, I have to say the only seal song I know is kiss from a rose or right. Yeah. Kiss from kiss, kiss from a rose. Kiss on the rose. Chris, Chris no, kiss, rose? no, kiss from the rose on the gray, which nobody knows okay. what that means, but there's, um, wow, what is the name of that podcast? I listened to this podcast episode switched on pop from vulture i don't know if you ever listened to that it's, it like sent me down this nostalgia rabbit hole because like that seal album with kiss from the rose was like one of the first albums i ever bought with my own money not the batman compilation not the, the batman the compilation seal. but the actual because <laughs> it was on batman too right? yeah yeah and like the video i mean like i remember watching that video on vh1 i mean it was on like every 15 minutes yeah he was big man he was and that then, was a big and that, Kiss then, from a Rose, yeah. And, then, and like they played some songs from the album during that podcast episode, and I realized like I knew them because I'd listened huh. to that album so many times. There's actually some really interesting musical ideas. I mean, most huh. of the songs are in like really weird, like 7-4, 5-4. And Seal had this like really interesting quote where he said he liked to sing in odd type signatures because then as a singer, you're not tied to the tyranny of the one. Right. When you're hmm. four four lyrically singing, you always have to kind of hit the one with your words. Yeah. And the other time signatures allow you to sort of wrap it around, which made me think about that's another reason why videotape is so interesting. But then also here and there's just like a chord progression in this song, Dream and Metaphors, 
that is almost the same. So <laughs> it's a very weird, I mean, like, it's also just very personal, but like, it, there's just something like very sealed, like mid nineties of the outro of this song. Maybe if this were the only super slow, sad B-side on this collection, I would have invested more time in it, but yeah, it, it was too much. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. We're, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't hate it, but it, it, it does speed it up. All right. So then we're moving to the next song, which is not by seal. It's <laughs> up on the ladder. Well, we're going to turn into a seal podcast. I love it. We can do it. Okay. <laughs> to know what you think of this one this song just made me want to go listen to tool oh okay i mean because there's some sort of tool especially once you learn on the guitar there's some sort of tool like songwriting where i was just like oh i haven't listened to tool in a long time let me go listen to that oh interesting Uh, that's not the worst thing that can happen i guess no and so i don't hate it i like the production on it there's some interesting covers of this song, like acoustic covers of this song on YouTube that sound completely different. They're kind of like a hushed, you know, like palm muted, which are also interesting. Sound completely different, but I'm not gonna, I don't love this song. Okay. Did you tune it like the chord book suggested? I did. Yeah. Okay. On Ultimate Guitar and other tab sites, you can sort of play the song in standard tuning. But when I, when you do change it, like the chord book says, you you uh, drop D and then also tune the A string up to B. Which my A string was like, please no more. <laughs> I know. The poor A string is like getting a workout on this album. Yeah. Uh, and then you capo at the first fret. And then like it is so easy once you do that. And it sounds pretty good, Yeah, I would say. And it's all right. It was fun to play. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just say like it blends well. And then especially once you start doing the figure two where you're dropping down the C flat six, C five, C sus four, and then C minor where you're just sort of like running down the fret if you've tuned it. Yeah. I like, I, I like that. It's like a really minor change, but it makes a big mm-hmm. difference. When you play it, I don't hear it as well on the recording just because of the overall drone effect of how it's recorded. You don't hear it as well. And I yeah. think that that was the moment when like a, on a tool song, They'll do that too, where they have like a riff and then they'll modulate the riff and you hear, but you hear it really cleanly and Mm. then it's really fun. Okay. Um, Where it's here, it's a bit too drony to really appreciate that they're doing something different. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like the song doesn't, doesn't really go anywhere. It's not bad. It's just, it's at least picks up the tempo a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Slightly. Once again, yeah. Once again, it's like pretty sour. Like it's a pretty downbeat song. Which is maybe also the problem that we're both having is that In Rainbows, the album is not dour and sour. It's right. almost... It's the all... lyrics are a little depressing, but like the music itself is not. Right. There's more of a juxtaposition, whereas here, everything's sort of in lockstep. Like the music is dour, mm-hmm. the lyrics are depressing, and or... <laughs> yep. You know, I mean, like Last Flowers is Last Flowers Before the Hospital. It's like a sign that mm-hmm. he saw... And I'm stuck in the TARDIS. I mean, it's also just sort of weird to, you know, begin with the Doctor Who reference. Is that a Doctor Who reference? Yeah, so I mean, like it's... You've do- talked about the TARDIS before. I didn't know if there was another TARDIS reference that... No, yeah, I mean, like I'm stuck in the TARDIS, so that's Doctor Who. And trapped, trapped in, in hyperspace, hyperspace is Star Wars, right? Star Wars is hyperspace because Star Trek is warp speed. I don't know. Oh, come on, Nick. I know you're a nerd. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm not a huge Star Wars person. I can yeah. talk about Lord of the Rings if you'd like to, but that's... <laughs> so. Okay, well then let's move on uh, to track number seven, which is Bangers and Mash.
this is what I want from a B-side. I just yep. want Radiohead screwing around with something pretty ridiculous, and this is very ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> this is just fun. I mean, like, and they're even even in the chord book, they're having fun with the lyrics because there's just like random words that are all caps. I mean, bangers is mash. I know that's I know they say that in England, and I just can't take it seriously. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Just sausage and mashed potatoes. Yeah, I'm not ever going to be like, yeah, give me some bangers and mash. No. I mean, like, how did you solve different ways to play this? And my favorite way was to tune the top string down to A. Yep. Okay, you did that too. Not up to A. Down, down down And and that just like, (laughs) when you hit that string, you're like, oh, that's nice. It's such a low note. You're like, why are you doing this? This is so stupid. And then you start playing it, and it's so... It's so silly and really fun. It's interesting to watch the from the basement performance of this song because they do not get it right. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds amateurish. Johnny just doesn't quite have it yet, but they're having a lot of fun. No, the recorded version is this is the only I think it's the only one where I like the recorded version better. The B-sides. Yeah, and then there's many, many YouTube videos of people just playing along with this because it, it's just so much fun to play along with. I have never dropped an A before. <laughs> I've never gone that low <laughs> on my guitar. I think, so, I mean, I never did it, but I know that I remember seeing a tab for a corn song, like corn with a K, oh, where they, wow. they, they put that down to an A. They're, they are born-again Christians these days, corn. Corn? Yeah, they like pray before their albums. <laughs> you should look it up. There's like videos of them where they, you know, like they have these like five minute prayers or whatever and then and then they're like Ooh, that's really you know <laughs> <laughs> oh you yeah yeah I, I can totally see this hacks actually has some like metal influences yeah. to it if they had uh, really uh gone for it it's just a fun one i don't have it that is. i don't have that much to say about it i don't know what he's talking about really yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm very glad this isn't on the album, but this is a, exactly kind of B-side that's fun. So Tom's playing the drums, and it turns out he's a pretty good drummer. Right. And he's playing with Phil and singing. That's actually pretty interesting, is that he's singing it. Yeah, you're to, getting into prog rock territory. It's one of those things when you see, like, the two drum sets, you're like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a concert thing. It's always, I remember at concerts, it's always fun when somebody also just, like, sits down at the drums and goes crazy with the drummer. Mm-hmm. There's something about it, and lots of lots of groups do it. There's like Heim, where they always they all end up on their concerts. They end their concerts. They're all on the drums, which is weird because you would think that they would end it with their all of them singing because that's sort of the point of that group. Like they their voices sound so nice together because they're sisters. It works best with like Phil Collins when he sits down on the drums, but he's also a drummer. He's a very talented drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, regardless of what you think of Phil Collins, he's a, an excellent drummer. Do we, do we think bad things about Phil Collins? I mean, well, I don't... he went through a pretty low critical standing area for a while. I mean, I didn't think about him that much. But I think people yeah. like him now. I, mean, I just feel like we're in that era, though, where like, we're getting to the point where everyone just wants everything to be good. I'm still on Twitter for some reason, but I just follow like, lots of writers. And there was this okay. tweet the other day where she was like, I don't know why people write negative reviews of books. It's hard enough to publish a book, why don't you just talk about the books that you'd like? And I'm like, I don't think that that's the point. I mean, you need to be able to say that you don't like something and also explain why. It's also important to know why something's not working or why you it doesn't work for you. And we don't have to be nice about everything. I don't know. I, I told you that I ran into somebody that I didn't know that listens to the podcast. Right. That's so amazing. I was at, the, I was at a show with a guy who was in a band that was very big here in Switzerland, the Love Bugs. And he knows like everyone on the music scene. And he had told me that he had told other people to listen to the podcast. And I was like, yeah, okay, but probably not. And then we were yeah. in, we went to this show and it was like their first guy, but then there were two other people later. They were like, oh yeah, we listened to that podcast. We like that podcast. And we like your podcast. And they were like, we like that you don't like every song. That you're not just like, ah, this is great or this is great. That you guys like really don't like stuff. I think people do like that when we're just like, this, this sucks. I think you can refine your taste by explaining to yourself and maybe to others why you don't like something, right? Like sometimes I will finish a book that I don't like just to see why I don't like it. 
And, you know, what is it about the writing? What is it about the pacing or the plot? Or what is it that is not working? And then I can use that for my own writing to be like, okay, I don't like this. <laughs> it's the same as it's, it's boring just to say that you don't like something and not explain it the same way it's boring to say that something is great and then not articulate why you think it's great. There's a reason that things work for you and there's a reason that things don't. And I think criticism is explaining why. The opinion is much less interesting as the why of the opinion. Which I think that we've been trying to do would be like, you know, some of these B-sides, I'm just like, I don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> but when uh, when it's like a, a song like on Hills of the Thief, I, I really try to explain why I didn't like them. And a lot of it I've realized now is I think I have this issue with through composed songs. In Rainbows has taught me that I love terminally climatic songs. Oh, so many songs on In Rainbows have these, these in, you know, it's a regular song and then then there's a ending that's different. On Hail to the Thief, a lot of the songs, every section was different. And so there was nothing that interacted with other things. And so the song didn't even feel like a song. There's no through line. So when I say that, like, I get frustrated with Radiohead songs that, like, explode, or mm -hmm. like, but most of those are through composed songs wherein it didn't feel earned. I love All I Need, and then you've taught me to like climbing up the walls. Like, because, like, man, they work hard to get there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, terminally, terminally climactic. It's just, it's almost from another era, right? Because it's a reason to listen to the whole song. Well, that was fun. Yep. Um, okay. Because <laughs> we still have one so, more yeah, song. <laughs> I know. I like Bangers and Mash. It's not like a Sterling B-side, but it's it's does its job, man. Yep. All right. So we have one more B-side before the awards. And that's yep. four minute warning. four-minute warning uh, this is the only one that i kind of i think that this is strangely brilliant i don't think it should be on the album but it's the only one that i'm like oh i might i really like this song i can't stand the album version oh okay okay the live version is leagues better okay the, i did send you a live version of yeah. it and it was like oh this is so good. Right. Well, I the, do live, like that the live version is like, oh, I get it. The album version is too jangly with, there's like a tambourine. Or, I don't know. There's there just something. A yeah. There's a the tambourine on the album version. I just like, no, please get, a, get this out of my ears. <laughs> okay. I don't know. There's like something, yeah, there's something too jangly and happy about the album version, whereas there's something more somber about the live version like more communal and I like how they I like the harmonies on the live version if you look at YouTube people that play along with this song they play along with the live version not the album version oh that's fascinating yeah the live version is more of like a like a lullaby I mean you're playing E D and A here yeah <laughs> it's such a simple song and I I can see why they on the album version it's just electric guitar like notes because they were ashamed <laughs> of playing such a straightforward song. Yeah, the live version, they embraced it um, to make it better. Right, and it's just so much better. I mean, like, I first listened to this song, and I was like, oh, man, ah, this is going to be one of those ones where I just I don't have anything but bad things to say. And then the live version came along, and I was like, ah, okay. This just makes so much more sense. Yeah, it's much more of a lullaby. It's much more than, like, a No Surprises very, you know, simpler than no surprises. And his voice is so wonderful. I mean, he's just, it's, it's, there's none of the sourness of the previous B-sides here, but it has that juxtaposition of like, it, it's such a sweet melody. And then he's singing, this is just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is the only song that could have just been like thrown on in rainbows and it not have totally screwed up everything. Yeah. I'm well, glad okay, it's not. the live version, not that, uh, not this recorded version. Okay, okay. 
I don't dislike the this version as much as you do, but I do agree that the live version is better. For what I read about it is that Tom just was embarrassed, but he loved it. Like he just kept singing it and then they eventually got it down. And I'm so glad they did. I will say it's interesting because you're just going back from, you know, you're doing like a little hit on the D and then a again. It's somehow surprising every time you go to the E. I don't know how they've pulled it off. I mean, because it is regular, but there's enough space between when the E comes that you're like, oh, and then that B minor, F sharp minor, the chorus, that like quick change. Yeah. Especially when you play it yourself, there's something to it. I don't know. Sometimes they just pull off straightforward. I don't know it's just be, if it's because they're so good at composing songs and when they mm -hmm. get out of their own way and they don't try to overcomplicate it, then it just works. The What I loved about In Rainbows is obviously the songs were much more complex than this, but they weren't. The songs usually only had one or two things that were off that yeah. made them interesting. They didn't have like a dozen things. Right. And so some of these B-sides that I don't like, it's like they were trying to cram all the ideas into one mm -hmm. thing and then it just gets exhausting. Right. It's this idea of having familiarity and then twisting it a bit. But then if you go too unfamiliar, it you get lost. Well, so this is not a hail to the thief level no. abomination, but it is. it does feel like a disappointment after... In rainbows. Yeah, I don't know if I would put it. I, I've been going back and forth if I put it below or even with OK Computer B sides. In my head, it's in the same category, but I like them less than the OK Computer B sides. Yeah, I would probably. I mean, because there's some OK Computer B sides like Palo Alto is more fun. Polyethylene Part One, I still really love. So yeah, I mean, I would put it basically the Benz, Kid A, Amnesiac. OK Computer, In Rainbows. Um, Just Pablo don't even Honey. put Hail to the Thief. <laughs> and then Hail to the Thief. Is <laughs> I like, I mean, yeah, you didn't even really learn the Pablo Honey B-sides. I think we have, I to know. Go, we have to like set up a Patreon and I have to set, I have to go back and make you learn. Because I learned all I know. of them. I know. I have to go back and make you I learn all of I learned a couple and then I, I was so out of it. So it's a, it's a fine artifact to have and I'm glad we do have it. Though it's not obviously on the same level as uh, in rainbows. No. Well, we did it, Austin. We made it through all the songs. Somehow. Somehow. So now we got to get to the in rainbows awards. Where should we start? I mean, we start with uh, the Creep Award, which is... The Creep Award is to the undeniably best song on right. the album. The objectively right, best song. First. I mean, even though we've talked about this. Ah, this is... I mean, these first two awards are tough. They are me. very tough. I'm not even sure what I'm going to say right now. <laughs> yeah. I think that I have to go with 15 Steps. Whoa! That's unexpected and delightful. Okay, For the Creep Award. Ahead. It's just, I think that it has moved up to my favorite album opener just because of what it does to you as the listener and the fan of Radiohead, where they have this electronic opening. And then you have just that, that guitar line is like a drug. It's just all of a sudden, it's just, it's relaxing. I don't know what the drug is, like Paxil or something. I don't take any medication, but like it's, it's just that drum, come, that guitar line comes in and it's just, you're just relaxed and then... That song just keeps going and building and you have these little flourishes like with the kids and the clapping and the the bass line that comes in like duh, 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 duh. I mean, it's just, it doesn't stop. And then it's just over and you're like, ah, I need that again. I think objectively it is the best song. It's both surprising and familiar in a perfect combination. I, that's a wonderful pick. I'm just going to go with Weird Fishes just because it is uh, a startlingly beautiful composition. Uh, I've been obsessed with it. I've been recording it and I just can't get over how weird it is. <laughs> we didn't really talk about the part that Ed plays on there, which 
if you really map it out, just makes almost no sense. There's almost no repetition in what he's playing. You know, so it's already a very off-kilter guitar line, and then to have that be even crazier, it's one of those Radiohead songs that is able to transport me to a different place. As far as, like, the best composed song, I don't, it, it's hard to beat that one. Uh, I mean, I was so close to saying that, too, for this award. The only reason I didn't pick it for this award is because of the early symphonic version which I've almost grown to like more. I just, I find it so weird. It's such a delightful way. Okay. And it doesn't like, it doesn't subtract from my appreciation of the, especially the guitars on and the drums on the album version. There's some part of me that wonders like, where else could they have gone with that song? I want an album that's maybe just versions of that song. Um, that's amazing. The other one that I was vying for that was um, videotape. Just because yeah. I think that's just like this little beautiful jewel. It's sort of a very simple song, you know, then it they've able to sort of turn it in such a way. It just makes me feel too heavy. I can't give it an award. <laughs> it makes me feel too, uh, what am I doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> what is okay. life? Okay. Yeah, what is life? So the favorite is the Blowout Award. Uh, I mean, I have to go with Nude. It's my favorite song. And it's my favorite song because I have this such personal connection to it. You know, I, I got into Radiohead during the OK Computer era to have a song that, you know, has been around for so long and then to have it come out in this way where it was better than my expectations could have even imagined. I will, it'll always be my favorite song. And I think they did just an absolutely brilliant job with it on this album. I mean, they they did a wonderful job of sort of wrenching it from the OK Computer era and put it in this new era. But I mean, I, re I recognize that it it is the personal aspect of it can't be denied. And the, I would be fascinated to hear someone who started with In Rainbows, what they thought of Nude. I was expecting that was going to be your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's Pretty boring. I realized I picked Weird Fishes and Nude, but it's just the way it is. It's the way it is. Um, and I almost, for this one, I mean, like, Nude was up there, but I think that I have to go with Reckoner. Oh, wow. Okay. I just realized I like every aspect of that song. I like every aspect of it. And then when you get to that, when you get to the bridge where the drums drop out and it's just like the Tom harmonizing with himself and he's going so high and then when he comes out of that bridge, it was like that, uh, I just, I, I listened to the whole album all the way through just to get to that moment of that song, I realize, especially learning it. And it's so simple, but I will just sit down and play this part over and over again. And then those chords on the bridge, I don't have so wow. much backup for it, but. Uh, it's very surprising. I thought you were going to do Jigsaw. No, I had to go with Reckoner. Okay. So my All turn right. to go first for, I can't believe how good this song is, and that is Jigsaw. Okay. <laughs> that one was easy, because I feel like the this award is the one that really, where the song opens up when you learn it. I mean, and this these riffs in this song, playing along with this, I mean, this is so much fun. And then you listen to the song, and you realize how much more is going on that I can't play along with. It's so fast, but it's so well-paced. It's really, I can't believe how good the song is. And it's such a payoff for being a Radiohead fan. I think you have to be a Radiohead fan to really get it. You have to have listened to their entire catalog up until this point. I, it's another, like, like you with Nude, I'd be really interested in someone, with someone who started with In Rainbows, what they thought about this song the first time. And like what they thought about it, if they went back and listened to the catalog up until here, if that changed their appreciation. Okay. That one was pretty high up for me. Uh, I would, but I have to go with Body Snatchers. Oh, <laughs> I just had, really? I just had no idea. I had no concept that that was a great song. I mean, I always liked it, but man, I was so happy when I got into that song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's such a good pick. You think it's just a silly song, and it's not. It's so deceptively fascinating. It has a, so much depth to it. But I feel like I could say any number of songs. Um, I, got, I got really into 
Faust Arp. I didn't know that was going to be so much fun to play or um, House of Cards. And then Videotape, once again, was a song that I didn't I never had ever played that. And so I didn't know how it would hold up to learning. And it really is is quite startling. Yeah, it's deceptively simple and complex at the same time. But that's all of these songs. I know, it's every single one of these I mean, songs. I remember going into learning House of Cards and thinking, oh, this I knocked this out really, really quickly, and you don't. Like, no, no, every one of these songs requires a long time, which is why this took us just an absolute age to record all of these. We've also been busy, but... Yeah, you're moving, and I've been super busy, and... We have other lives other than podcast hosts. Yeah. But I've also been, they've been so much fun to learn that I haven't minded to, to like really dig right. in. It's the complete opposite of Hail to the Thief, where there were some things that you really had to, like I really had to sit down and learn this and was not happy with the payoff. Whereas yeah. the payoff here, I mean, is incredible. Okay, we got one more award. So we have the best B-side, and I can never remember which song. Um, million Dollar Question. Million Dollar Question. Which is, my favorite, B, which is my favorite B-side. <laughs> from yeah. Pablo Honey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, this is easy. For me, it's Four Minute Warning. I really genuinely like that song. I do think the live version is better, but it's just a, a really beautiful snapshot of Tom, Tom's voice especially. I'm going to have to go with Last Flowers. Just I like to play it. It's the I just going with the one that I like to play by myself the most. I can sing it. It's a nice melody. I like the chords and the chorus, the changes. It's yeah. like right at the high note that I can hit by myself. And so I just went like, okay, I'll go with the one that I like to play the most. Okay. All right. Well, let's see. How does it feel being at the end of the In Rainbows? Sad and weird because I really don't know what's coming. After In yeah. Rainbows, I... I there was just so much other music that I got into. Like, I loved this album. I listened to it all the time. But, I mean, there was just so much other music that kind of defined my life between after the release of this album that wasn't Radiohead at all. I have just almost no memory of King of Limbs, even though I have that on vinyl. Oh, wow, and yeah. no memory of a moon-shaped pool, really. There's like, okay. there's like one or two songs that if I think about them, I can bring them up. But I've not listened to them. So I really I really don't know what's coming. Every album up until here, up until now, I sort of knew what's coming. I sort of like I had opinions that had solidified that were in my memory. But now it's really it could be it could go either way. I mean, I know a few of the songs in my head from King of Limbs, but I haven't listened to it in like three years, I guess now yeah. since we've been doing this. You know, In Rainbows was such a surprise. I was not expecting another album at this level. Hail to the Thief really threw me off, even at the time. And so when it came out, it it wasn't like, oh, great, they made another masterpiece. It was more of a like, oh, phew, they didn't screw it up again. Right. And it took me a long time to realize how good it was. It's such a guitar album <laughs> that... It's made me like it even more than I did before. I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know. Kid A is, it will always be my favorite, I think. But In Rainbows is so consistent. Like, it's more consistent than, like, OK Computer yeah. in some ways. Is it better than OK Computer? I don't, I don't know. I don't, in my head, it's not. Hearing us enthuse about essentially every track on In Rainbows has really thrown it into sharp relief uh, there's this one slate article that came out i think a year after in rainbows came out where they were just like can we just admit that in rainbows is the best radiohead album mm -hmm. you know and you can disagree with that but the fact that an article like that could come out and they'd have they have you should people should read it it's an interesting article it is unexpected that a band any band would come out with an album that is this good this far into their career I think that's the problem is that they have such a good back catalog. They had that like dip with oh, with Hail to the Thief. They had that like weird start with Pablo Honey. And it's just to have such an undeniably, objectively classic album at this point in their career. It's almost as though like you can't really wrap your mind around it. Well, and as we as you've kind of hinted, like this also explains why Radiohead such has such a huge fan base now. Like they were able to pull in so many new, much younger people than us <laughs> yeah. with this album because it was such a 
such an undeniably great album. And it didn't yeah, I mean, sound old, right? It's not like there's. It's not like a classic. It wasn't like, hey, let's make an album like The Benz again. Like it's a weird album, and it it does not sound like their previous offerings. That's kind of what the Slate article is about. You don't want to say that this is their best album because they have so many good albums that they have already done. Yeah, no, I mean it's a it's a really astonishing album, and it's been just so much fun to explore it the way we have doing it song by song and learning all the guitar parts because yeah. it's just, it, it opens it up and makes you realize how hard they worked. Once again, it didn't seem like a fun album to make on no. their part. Well, they almost broke up. I mean, we've talked about this a couple of times, but they almost broke up. I mean, like they, I feel like they're, they are always on the verge of breaking up, but they're always on the verge of breaking up when they're doing their best work. You know, hail a thief was done very quickly from what I can tell, uh, King of Limbs also was pretty short. King of Limbs, I'm just, I don't know what it's going to be. I couldn't even tell you. Like, there was a lot of dread going into Hail to the Thief. And there's not dread with the next album because I never thought that much about it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited to listen to it. I'm excited not in the way that I'm going to go put it on now. Like, after Pablo Honey, where I just raced to go put on the bins. And then after Hail to the Thief, I raced to go put on 15 Steps. Because I mm-hmm. needed it so bad. Like, I'm not going to go race to go. I don't even know what the first out, the first track is on King of Limbs off the top of my head. But I'm excited oh. to see what is, what is it? Yeah, what is it? And what are the guitar parts? And if we're even going to be able to, like, make recordings of it. Like, I know they use a lot of samples. Like, are, is it just, what are we going to do if we can't do these songs? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It could be that we can't, but we'll yeah. see. Um, all right. Well, that was, that was super fun. Yeah. And, um, we'll get back for the next album and we're going to take a little break, but we'll be back. Okay. Hopefully this year. Yeah. (laughs) No, they will be definitely this year, maybe towards the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. All the songs on the Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast are by Radiohead and performed by Nick Kendallsperger and Austin Diaz. 